0: Hi, we're here with Carlos Santana and Michael Shreve, uh, two artists that need no introduction in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Caravanserai. Now I have to tell you our listeners and, and viewers, uh, this fourth studio album for Santana uh, was a game changer for me as a music listener and a fan. Um, I still see the album cover and it's it's part of pop culture. You know right away, you get a feeling when you look at the album cover. And the first question I wanted to ask is, when you delivered this album to Columbia, I recall Clive Davis saying, this is career suicide. And what were you thinking at the time when you changed directions from being pop, Latin, rock to this fourth album that went in another direction, what what was going through your mind at that time when Clive said something like that,
1: Michael? Well, we were so proud of this record. We, we I mean, we just we worked hard on it. And we were really proud of it and felt that it re- was representative. And Clive said that, and um, you know, there was really nothing to be done. I believe. Harlow said something like you've said your piece and something like that's it you know so we, <laughs> we hear you but nothing's going to really stop us so um, I don't know it, I think it didn't matter we knew we knew we were moving in a different direction very well and I, I think what we felt was we were so proud of it you know so be it whatever happens this is the right thing to do at that time. Yeah, well, honoring, you,
2: you, you, you know, honoring Clive Davis, you know, because who he is and what he what he does is he brings a lot to the table. Just like Bill Graham and Clive Davis, they've been supremely important in our in our lives, you know. Uh and he was right, there was there wasn't a single within a million miles, you know, in Caravan Michael and I were just talking about this. They're not even songs, they're just big <laughs> slices of life. You know, mm-hmm. a song is Komoba or Evil Ways, you know. But we knew that we didn't have like a radio hit or whatever, you know, and we weren't going to stop the album just to create a, a song to, to fit in there because it was like a, a statement. And uh, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to even back then honor Bill Graham and Clive Davis, and honor, honor myself, honor Michael, honor everybody because everybody needs to be validated for what, who they are and what they bring on this planet. Having said that, we were, Michael and I, we were actually pregnant, you know, with this, with this uh, Caravan Saraya thing. Uh, for me, it started uh, naturally and, norm- and organically, as they say, because of the things that I was reading, Paramahansa Yogananda, and which is, that's where I got the name, you know, mm-hmm. Eternal Caravan or Reincarnation. I was like, whoa, that's a hell of a statement, you know. Uh, and then we... Uh, got together with I think it was Joan Chase, Joan something, who put together the, you know different slides on the on the on the wall, and I said that one I want some of that that red sun, or moon whatever it is with 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 a caravan, a ride of camels and stuff like that, you know, and we uh, we visualize the music, and we visualize the whole concept of it, so we couldn't you know we couldn't go back. Uh, because we're not cowards, you know, we're not, we're not going to be, you know, we're fearless. We're not cowards, man. We're going to go after something that needs to be birthed, you know?
0: Well, yeah. and my understanding and, and Michael, you, you, I read your piece. You read, you wrote this beautiful expressive piece about listening to it after 25, 30 years. Um, I, I did the same thing. It hasn't been 25. It, maybe it's been 15 years, since I've listened to it from beginning to end. And it did bring me back. And it brought me back to this incredible moment in music history. There was a lot going on then that I could see where you were influenced and you had influence on so many other bands to come. What was happening? What what was the zeitgeist back then where on one hand you were sort of doing Latin rock, but you were also doing progressive rock and you were doing this jazz fusion thing. And it was all happening together at a time where it probably was also a very tumultuous time for you with the band and a lot of things going on. Can you comment on that?
1: Sure. It was a Carlos and I were making a shift spiritually and making different choices um, after, after been through this whirlwind of you know, c- success and, you know, and, and so there's a lot of influences around you at the time that it, we felt it was time to get out of that. Um, and simultaneously, while we were feeling like in more of a spiritual mode and seeking that sort of thing, we were reading the same kind of books and we were, you know, we went guru shopping together and um, and that was a beautiful thing. You know, it was really wonderful but simultaneously, what was happening was all this music that was coming out from from it was such an exciting period with anything miles was putting out, bitches brew blew the doors open and then the beautiful thing about miles is that the musicians that come from him they go on and and become fruitful, you know, and they multiply and just just those people alone started their own things. And every one of them was a thing of beauty and it was a different world than we were participating in. But mind you, we used to do this kind of stuff. Carlos and I, we'd hire, I hired, we'd invite weather report to open for
0: us for a tour Mm -hmm.
1: so we could watch them every night, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting that those bands were all on Columbia. It was weather report and Herbie and, um, uh, Miles, yes. of course, yes. mm-hmm. a- and you had this thing happening then, musically and as you say, spiritually, and it was really, I think, a lot of fans' first introduction. It was their uh, their first glimpse at the spirituality of what was happening with you, Carlos, and the, the band and Santana.
2: Everything that was happening around us. This- led Michael and I thrust this into becoming more determined. Uh, you know, on, on the logistics side, When once I started reading that uh, that uh, Abraxas was outselling Abbott Road, and some of the Rolling Stones, and the, and the who and this and that, you know, I was like, wow, you know, that's quite a compliment, you know, and the numbers ain't lying, you know. <laughs> now, Michael is correct. What was happening at the time with the band and the the bands around us, people people started becoming like cartoons and caricatures of themselves, you know, because when you overindulge, staying all night, doing whatever you're doing, and then the next day you got to play, and now you take cocaine to get the energy back, and now you're tired and wired, and you smell funny, and you look horrible. We were like, this shit is depressing, man. We got to do something different, you know? <laughs> so we felt that we needed, here it is, spiritual discipline. That's what Caravan Sarai is about. Caravan Sarai is a statement of pure spiritual discipline, pursuing something that your light, your spirit, your soul, and your heart wants to do that is different than than your ego and, and, and below the belt, you know, kind of energy. I mean, you know, we're, it's still very sensual, but it's not, that's not the, you know, Abraxas is more, infinitely more sensual. Just look at the album cover, you know? Sure. Uh, and it's okay, you know. We just wanted to make it more sacred, you know, make, make that sensuality energy a lot more, you know, like, well, what's it like to make love to an angel, a real angel, you know, kind of thing, you know? And so I said, well, it must be like listening to John Coltrane's music, you know, like uh, any of those songs, Crescent, you know, Angel Eyes and Naima, you know, all of those songs. It's a different kind of making love, you know, Uh, and I wanted to play like that. I wanted to be a a lover through my guitar over a different frequency than just the obvious stuff. But the main thing for me was that I was very disenchanted and discouraged watching people that I grew up with becoming very predictable, and pathetically victims. I don't want to be a victim. In any any of my incarnations, I don't want to be a victim. You know, I need to be victorious and with triumph and glory. Not with ego, but I want my spirit to have a say-so when we bring something to the table. And Michael helped me uh, crystallize. All of these elements, you know, because he was constantly feeding me some uh, music that enhanced uh, my appetite, my thirst, you know, with the Pharoah Sanders, you know, and, and and Elvin Jones, a lot of Elvin Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. My wife loves Tony, I love Elvin, you sure. know, and and so the, I think it was Joe Sabanol who baptized me and called me. You're the melody man, you know. I said, like, "What?" He says, "Nobody plays melodies the way you do, man. You can you can play the hell out of a melody." So you're the melody man, and I was like, "Okay, so I'll just I'll just concentrate on bringing a nice, heartfelt, soulful melody to whatever Michael brings, you know." And I would come into a room, and Michael and and, Doug and Raj were creating this uh, pictures, this moving pictures, and I had to find my way. To become Aretha, Edda James, Tina Turner, Nina Simone, with that kind of Miles phrasing, phr- phrasing you know, in some Otis Rush feeling. So that's how I think. You know, I, I think of all these components, but you still have to land on a most memorable melody, like do-do-do-do-da, do-do-da, do. do da do i am playing that on Waves Within. That's, good. Mm-hmm. that's one of the main thing that I start with, which is like yeah. a nature boy. Yeah. You know, I still want to do nature boy and old Danny boy together. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a, there's a place for that, you know, but that's in the future, hopefully in the next, where Michael and I were talking about embarking on a new uh, adventure pretty soon. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, bring some of that nature boy and, uh, yeah. Oh Danny Boy put them together you know
1: Man I That's just heard, wonderful. So, I just heard the story of how Nature Boy happened the other day I read it and it's a, it's an, another conversation but all this time I've been a huge fan of that song but it's a fascinating story now, uh, I'll tell you about tell it us. Okay so Nat King Cole was approached by a, a person that looked like um a homeless guy, and in fact he was he lived in the park and but for some reason he was attracted to Naking Cole and likewise Naking ho treated him like like um like a man, you know, no disrespect and everything else. They visited a couple of times, and then this guy brought these lyrics to him and and he disappeared. and um, and and Nat King Cole saw it and said, "This is a gift, and I've got to make a song out of this, but um, but yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful wow. piece of music. Carlos, those those notes that you play on that are in my head since I started listening again to this record like a week ago., like at that place it happens in waves within. It's mm-hmm. so perfect. It's just so perfect. It's interesting you brought it up. <laughs>
0: well, legend has it, Michael, that you in, you introduced Carlos to jazz. Tell me whether that's truth or fiction.
1: Well, it's true. Um, but at that time, we, we were all living in a, in the same house in uh, San Francisco, and everybody was bringing in their their stuff. I mean, I I, I learned so much just from being around those guys to, to an environment that um, um, it's like I it's like I said at, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speech, I said, I quickly learned that this was no hippie love thing. This was like a street <laughs> gang and the weapon is music. It was like these guys were, like everybody was bringing in their stuff. Corbello had, you know, a a lot of the Latin stuff Carlos had a lot of blues and Latin Greg was like English rock and and I what I have to offer Carlos knowing that he was a melody man was I wanted to get introduce him to the music but I thought how do I do that and so you know two things one Coltrane ballads and two Miles kind of blue where the melodies are strong and he could relate and and it worked but but Carlos is always saying that about me, but I have to give Carlos credit for being open to it, you know, because Mm -hmm. everybody else wasn't, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. Right. But but that's the way it is when you, when, when, when destiny comes to play, you know, Mm -hmm. you recognize each other's spirit and, and that, that's what happened
0: with Carlos and I. Yeah. And you, you hear it right in the first track in the intro. I mean, it, it's it starts out with the crickets, which it, it, to me, it's it's like it predated uh, Pink Floyd's money, where when you hear the cash register, you know, it's Pink Floyd. When you hear the crickets, you know what it is. And then you move, you know, you're going to go for a ride and then you have this kind of blue thing happening right in the beginning. And then you're on that journey and it takes you for the whole album. Uh, In the beginning, you had to listen to side one and then flip it around. Now you can listen through the whole thing without having to go to side B. But it's a journey. You created a, a, you know, it's an exploration. And that's what sat with me for so many years And that when I went back and listened to it, like you did, Michael, it it brought back all those feelings that I had the first time I listened to it, which set me on the journey into the world of jazz. Wow. Wow.
1: That's something
2: There's this word that uh, I've been associated since I was in the in the in in the crib since a baby. It's called uh, crystal, crystallize. You know, Mm -hmm. Michael and I we crystallize everything we heard into certain statements. Uh, When you listen to Future Future Primitive, or you listen to this, you listen to that. You hear so many elements. You know, you hear uh, astral traveling from um, Mm -hmm. Pharaoh Sanders. it's not, there's not, I wasn't surprised when Ralph J. Gleason called on the corner in right the most important music that was coming out. You know, and I was like, "Damn, Michael, you got to hear, you got to read this thing. You know, there's an article on Rolling Stone about it. You know? I remember. And it's very, very uh, uh, validating because in the beginning, I didn't have such a good relationship with Rolling Stone because I was pissed off because uh, whoever did the write up for Santana were like they 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 said, well, this is a psychedelic mariachi rock band. And I'm like, well, fuck you, you know, you know? No, you're not going to do that to me, man. You know, uh-uh. you know, this is music, world music. And then and it, and, it, and it was and it is and it will always be world music. You know, it's very racist to say, well, you're mariachi. Well, you want me to play a fucking piñata music for you from now on? You know, that's not going to happen, man. You know, it's like, and so I had that kind of, you know, like a cat and a dog pound. I like, you know, I didn't have that relationship with Rolling Stone until maybe later, you know, mm-hmm. because I was, I, would, I didn't take it kindly for, for whoever wrote it to try to uh, put a ceiling on, on me in the band. So, psychedelic, mariachic, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm more than that. You know, I'm definitely more sure. than that. I go to Africa and I'm not a tourist. I'm part of the family. I can, name, I can name you a lot of names and they go to Africa. Nobody knows who they are or even care. But when I go to Africa, people are like, oh my God, you know, it's like Santana, look. And then they, they show me my daughter, you know, Sophia, I go, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, my wife got pregnant to Samo Pachi. And, and you know, and so I hear that in Paris, I hear, you know, the, the music from Santana, you can hear it in the Himalayas, in a cave. You can hear it in Timbuktu. You can hear it in, in you know. So that's when I knew that Santana was one of the first world bands. World, what do you call it? World world, like, music. Huh? world music. World yeah. music, yeah. Like, like Bob Marley, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm very grateful because of it.
0: And you introduced me to, because I, at the time, I didn't know who Antonio Carlos Shobim was. And I listened to Stoneflower and I was like, what a beautiful, I, th- I thought it was a, a Carlos Santana song. Of course, years later, I figured out this is this is the genius composer from Brazil uh, and the Stoneflower on there. It's, it, it's sort of, in, in some ways, I, 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 people have analyzed and overanalyzed your masterpiece. But for me, that was my introduction to Brazilian jazz. And I think that as part of the world music that you're describing, that's certainly world music.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know what's special about that also in listening to the record again for me was. It's the first time that a upright bass, is introduced, on that's just that sound alone, is so smooth coming in after, after Dougie playing all his funky stuff and and genius stuff, but that sound is so important. And it, it was, it was like going in a candy store, listening to the record again, because I get it. The, like there's so much, so much of the journey is Sonic, you know, <clears throat> just like the, in between the songs, in between the slices as Carlos calls them. And uh, uh, that's, I think that's what p- creates part of the journey is like, you know, being aware of the Sonic stuff. I can't wait to, see if we can do some more. Just wait. I've got some ideas for sound, and the next one's going to be exciting. I, I, I'm all jazzed up again. I got a text, sure? from, I got a text from Carlos a, a week or so ago saying, all day I'm listening to Caravan Sarai. You know? And I thought... I know I got to get to that. I got to sit down and get to it. But you know, sometimes I don't go back very often. And sometimes you think, oh, it's going to bring up this memory or that. But it, everything was beautiful and joyous. And it was exciting to revisit it. Here's a quote from Wayne Shorter. He says, I don't
2: call it jazz. He says, I never call me the music jazz. I call it, I dare you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what he calls it. Sounds know? like Wayne. And so You know, you know what, what's interesting about um, the intro track, just to go back to that for a second. I recall back then when some people were calling it jazz and then some people saying that's not jazz. Yeah. Fast forward 50 years. I think anyone that knows anything about jazz knows that the opening track is undeniably jazz. In fact, there has been so much jazz that has come out since you recorded that. That sounds like that. That I, I think it, it's no longer an argument. What, what do you think about that?
2: Well, you know, if you want to get down to the real nitty-gritty, you can call it making love or the F word. I don't care. The real, the real what it really is called, is called energy, divine energy wanting to, with fire passion, give birth to newness, newness, you know? It, it, when you take people to the old house and they're really old and you put them in a certain place, there's places to take them where they still make them thrive. They put them on buses and they take them to Montemapais or they take them to go see a play. You know, you don't just sit there and you rot on, all, on, on, on reminiscent memories, you know. Yeah. You, you have to thrive, man. You have to thrive you know, no matter what. And for me I've always been a person that I don't relate at all to victim mentality I relate to thriving and so like kids they get up and you okay so you're going to bust your toe touching this or bump your head over there so what you know you're still going to get up and, and, and pursue pursue thriving that's what I learned from Miles and Coltrane and Michael Streets thrive man don't be uh, don't be predictable and, and be stagnant that's worse that's, than suicide you know Uh, So I I thank you, you know, jazz is, for me, uh, uh, jazz is in downbeat. It's important that these magazines are still here. And it's important that we take these magazines to preschool, junior high school, high school, you know, because when you read these articles, it helps you, like the Bhagavad Gita or the Bible, sometimes even more important than that, because it's not about necessarily a spiritual path. It's about all the paths and none of them. For example, people ask me once in a while, well, man, Santana, you're, interesting. You're, you're an interesting dude, man. What's your sign? I go, what do you mean? You know, your sign, astrology. I go, oh, all of them and none of them. And they go, oh, no. See, that's not Velcro. And so therefore, Michael and I can embark on this, this direction, that direction, you know, And no matter where we arrive, we're going to be content and happy, you know,
0: that's right.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: well, the, the, uh, you know, this album, this classic album, um, I can't remember whether you said it, Carlos or Michael, I read it somewhere. It was the album that wasn't supposed to be, uh, (laughs) and yet we're so glad it was. Thank you. And, uh, we thank you. And, uh, Carlos, Michael, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I would look forward to your next projects and in celebration of this milestone, this 50th anniversary of Caravanserai. Thank, thank you, you so both hard.
2: for your hearts. And let's do it again differently. Yeah, I agree. I'm <laughs> ready. Let's do it. All right. Thanks again. Take okay. care. Thank you. Thank you.